This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, GetBooked listeners, and welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of GetBooked that's all about books we just can't resist shouting about. This is Jen Northington, and today's hand sell is Imaro by Charles Saunders, which I have like a whole, it's going to be a whole situation, a whole ride of an explanation as to why I have picked this book and I'm talking about it today. So buckle up. But before we get into the details of that, let us hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Disney Books. Do y'all like Caribbean mythology? What's more, a thriller inspired by Caribbean mythology? If you do, I got something for you. A must-read thriller that draws from the darkest corners of Caribbean mythology from acclaimed author Sarah Das, who crafts a chilling tale of magic, murder, and how far we'll go to protect what's ours. It's perfect for fans of Angeline Bully and Tiffany D. Jackson. So, unlike other people on the small island of St. Virgil, Selena Da Silva does not believe in magic. She has a logical mind. She likes botany. She wants to study pharmacology. But then her mother gets sick and she's tethered to the island and she has to make money. So what does she do? She cons a couple gullible tourists with these useless talismans and phony protection rituals. But then one of the tourists ends up dead and at the center of a strange string of murders. And the truth Selena has been denying can no longer be avoided. There is evil lurking in the forest that surround St. Virgil. Now to find out what that evil is, make sure to pick up It Waits in the Forest by Sarah Das. And thanks again to Disney Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. All right. So it is February. As you are possibly aware, time has no meaning, I know. But here we are. It is February. It's also Black History Month. And I do try to read as much as possible by Black authors during 
the month of February, although obviously every month has them in it. And one of the lists I've been working through for its actual years now uh, is Nisi Shaw's Crash Course in the History of Black Science Fiction. And it just so happened that in late January, I saw an obituary for Charles Saunders, who has been on that list since it was written, and who's been on my radar for about that same time. He was an author writing primarily in the 80s and 90s, and he was extremely well regarded in the community of Black SFF, but was sort of unknown outside of it. Never really, you know, was, uh, had his moment in the, like, popular lists sun, as it were. And apparently he died relatively recently and was sort of forgotten. And I highly recommend reading the obituary on the New York Times. I am um, going to leave a link to it because it talks about the efforts of his students and friends to sort of, you know, save his memory and his history as a writer from disappearing into history without without being acknowledged. Um, and it was very moving. And then, you know, I was looking around for what I was going to read this month from my list of books that I've been meaning to get to. And sure enough, Imaro was available from my local library. And so I picked it up. And this book is really interesting. It was first published in 1981. And Nisi Shaw's list refers to it as early sword and soul, which is uh, a phrase that I had not seen before, but for sword and sorcery with a majority of African-descended characters, which makes perfect sense. And it definitely has a lot of that swords and sorcery, like 80s feel to it. Some in good ways that I really loved, some in like less great ways, especially in terms of the treatment of female characters. There are some, you know, individual exceptional females, but otherwise there's pretty minimal representation and a fair amount of misogyny. But what really struck me about it and that I loved and that made it so readable was the world building, which is this, you know, it's like almost a tour through a pre-colonial alternate Africa with these different, there's all different tribes and peoples. And Imaro, the main character, is sort of an outcast in the tribe he's grown up in. His mother, Katisha, left the tribe uh, under duress and returned with him. And so he is, you know, the son of an outlander. His father's name is not known to him. His mother has always been very, like, shtum about the circumstances of his birth. And she was sort of an outcast by the tribe, but she made a deal with them, like, you know, I did you this favor and you will, like allow my son to be raised here in the traditions. He's going to be a warrior and a herder, which is what these people mainly live as. And um, like he's important and it's important that he get this training. And so she makes this bargain and like basically has to leave her son and be banished from the tribe in order for him to get that warrior training. And so he does, and he, like, faces a lot of bullying and, uh, you know, is not really welcomed by the tribe. But they're upholding the terms of their agreement with his mother. And then on the day that his, you know, initiation into manhood is supposed to happen, everything goes sideways. There's meddling. There's sorceress meddling. And he has to flee. And it becomes this epic journey to find himself. And he comes into contact with these like vast evil powers and has to fight in all of these different ways. And, you know, he's extremely strong. He's like very, you know, everybody meets him and is like, whoa, who's this guy? Like, you know, he's one of those sort of chosen one heroes. And he also interacts with all of these different 
peoples because, you know, obviously the African continent is huge. It is not a monoculture. And it is almost like a tour of all of these different geographies and the peoples there and how they interact with each other and, you know, the divisions among them and the different prejudices and, you know, sort of norms that they have um, amongst them. It's really well done. And the magic is like creepy and intense and there's demons and all kinds of cool stuff. And it's it's got this huge feel to it. It is the first book in the Amaro series. I believe there are three or four. And it really what I was thinking about when I was reading it was like, oh, this is, you know, this is the predecessor to some of the more recent additions to the genre that we've talked about on the show, like Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James or David Anthony Durham's Acacia series, which I love. You know, there's Kaya Shanti Wilson. There's Evan Winter's Rage of Dragons. All of these writers who are, I think, you know, doing things in this same tradition. But I had only read the contemporary stuff. I hadn't read, you know, the earlier works. And so I'm really glad to have had uh, Saunders put on my radar by Nisi Shal, and I'm really glad to have read it. It feels like I have, you know, a grounding now uh, that I didn't have before, but also it's just a really fascinating piece of world building and character development. So again, I've been talking about Imaro by Charles R. Saunders, and there's going to be lots of links in the show notes to the supplemental material I referred to if you are interested in learning more. Thanks so much to our audio editor, Jen Zink, for cleaning up all of our flubs and making us sound great. Thanks to you for listening. If you would like more book recommendations, you can always find them at bookriot.com and more podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. You can email us at Get Booked. Maybe you have book requests or feedback or whatever. Uh, you can do that at getbooked at bookriot.com. If you are so inclined, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other folks to find the show, and we love to see those reviews come in. And in between shows, you can mostly find me on Instagram at I am Jen IRL. That's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>